Just take a moment and lift up holy hands and praise him. If he's been good to you, if he's done anything for you, just take a moment and bless him right now. Father, we bless your name. We praise your name. We honor you today. You are the king. You are the Lord who lives and reigns forever and ever and ever. And we give you praise. We bless you now, Father. There's nobody like you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We'll give somebody a fist bump and tell them you are in the right place today. Come on, tell them like you mean it. You are in the right place today. You are in an atmosphere of healing. You are in an atmosphere of miracles. You are in an atmosphere of breakthrough. You are in an atmosphere of turnaround. You are in an atmosphere of deliverance. You are in an atmosphere of abundance and overflow and increase. You are in an atmosphere of miracle power of God right now in this house. He is here. Your Bible says he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. That is the atmosphere that you are in. We don't just believe in miracles. We rely on miracles. We depend on miracles. We serve a miracle God. We serve a miracle Jesus. We serve a healer. We serve a mountain mover, a water walker, a giant killer. That's the one that we serve. He is the creator of the universe. And what he did, he will do. He is the same. Your Bible says yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. If he was a healer, he's still a healer. If he was a miracle worker, he's still a miracle worker. If he was a mountain mover, he still moves your mountains. If he was a water walker, he still walks on the water. Come on, somebody. Give him praise. He deserves all the glory, all the praise, all the honor, all of your worship. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We worship you. We glorify your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now give somebody a fist bump and tell them you are in the right place today. You are in a miracle atmosphere today. You are, you are in a house of deliverance. You are in a house of healing. You are in a house of miracles. I wonder if there's anybody here can lift your hand and testify that you've had a miracle this year, at least one this year. Just lift your hand and praise him. Hallelujah. 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 We thank you, Lord. We bless your holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Don't you appreciate this band and praise team? You know, music sets the atmosphere. And this team knows how to set the atmosphere. And let me tell you, it's not just their raw talent, which they have. It's not just their ability, which they have. It's not just the hours they spend preparing in rehearsal, which they do. But it is the anointing of the Holy Ghost that sets them apart from your average musician or singer. How many know the anointing makes the difference? Joey and I, you travel all over the world. You've been in a lot of churches. Am I telling it right? The anointing makes the difference. 
Thank God for this team. Thank God for you. I appreciate you. This is Pastor Appreciation Month, and you have appreciated us in fine fashion this month. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your love, for all the cards you've sent us. Many of you have given us cards. Many of those cards contain something green. Thank you, thank you. We love green money. We appreciate it. It's a blessing. I heard somebody say, oh, the love of money is the root of all evil. That's right. It is. But money is a tool. It's neither good nor bad. It's how you use it. So we love you, and we appreciate your generosity to bless us, to help us. Thank you so much. It means a lot. And we are available. We are on call 24-7. Me and Pastor Rita and this staff, this team, if you need us, we are here. We are here to serve. We are servants. You know, a lot of pastors in the body of Christ, they're superstars. You know, and you can't get their phone number. You can't get a hold of them. They won't return your call. I'm telling the truth. You can't get a message to them. If you do, you don't get a return message. As a matter of fact, I had somebody call me a few days ago this week asking me to pray for them, for their family, because they had a, a terrible diagnosis. And I pray. But I want to say, well, call your pastor because they don't come here they go to another church and it's one of those that they can't get to their pastor they can't oh, I need a hush I'm sorry <clears throat> but they know they can get me and they know I will pray and we believe in miracles amen so no, no animosity I'm just telling you there's some of those out there you can't get to this is a family we're family. Amen. We're in this together. Nine times out of ten on Sunday morning, I'm at that back door to greet you, to hug you, to love you, to pray for you. And for 21 years, we've been right here. 21 years this month, we've been here. Through good times and through bad. Through abundance, through recessions. Through challenges through bad diagnoses, through sickness and disease, through weddings and funerals and babies being born. We're here. We love you. And we'll be here as long as there's breath in my body. I'm like Joshua and Caleb. I'm as young now as I was then. Give me this mountain. Because I'm a mountain mover, a water walker, a giant killer by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So thank you so much. You ready to go to work? I want to talk to you about miracles. Miracles. What is a miracle? It is a supernatural action. It is an event that demonstrates the power of God. A miracle can be classified as signs and wonders. A miracle will defy the natural laws of the universe. It defies boundaries. It breaks through boundaries. A miracle cannot be explained any other way. A miracle is an expression of the divine power and the divine will of God. When you get a miracle... 
you know you've had a miracle. Now, a lot of people use that word lightly. They'll say, oh, it's a miracle. Johnny came to church. That's not a miracle. It may seem like a miracle to you if Johnny's never been and it's, we couldn't get him here. But we use that term lightly often that something happens that's a little unusual. And say, Oh, it's a miracle. But a miracle is a supernatural event that occurs by the power of a supernatural God. And it cannot be explained any other way. Some people say they believe in miracles, but they really don't. They'll say that God can do miracles, but they don't ever believe that God will and can do one for them. People believe that God did miracles in the Bible, but they don't expect Him to do them now. But I want to show you from the Bible that the God that we serve, who is a miracle God, who is a miracle-working God, still works miracles today. That is the God that we serve. We don't serve a God who cannot and will not. We serve a God who can and will. One of my favorite verses says, and I've already quoted it once today, and I may do it again, He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. All that you can ask or think. Now that's a lot because some of y'all, I know you, you've got some imaginations. Some of you dream big. But our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything that you can ask or anything that you can even think of. And I know that our world for the last 6,000 years has been full of inventions. And the increase of knowledge. Some of you old people here today, y'all remember they used to, they didn't have cell phones when y'all were kids. Some of you old folks, they used to hang one telephone on the wall in the kitchen, and that's the only phone you had. And some of you are so old that when you had that phone, they had party lines, and you weren't the only one that got to use it. And when you picked it up, there might be somebody talking on the other end. Or while you're talking to somebody, somebody, one of your neighbors on the party line might pick up and listen in to you. See, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you young folk, you have no clue what I'm talking about. Matter of fact, if you saw one of those phones hanging on the wall, you'd say, what is that? Because it looks nothing like the phone in your hand right now. So how do you explain that, Pastor? In Daniel chapter, I believe it's 11 or chapter 12, he says, in the last days, knowledge will increase. So we are living in an age where when there have been problems, somebody thunk up something to fix the problem. They invented something. They created something to solve the problem. People got tired of walking, so they invented a wheel. They got tired of the horses pulling them or riding the horses, so they, in, they invented a buggy. They got tired of riding a bumpy, hot buggy, so they created an automobile. They got tired of going slow on the ground, so somebody invented an airplane. Come on, somebody. And I said all that to say he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or even think up. So don't limit God. He is a miracle God. 
and he wants to show you his power. The first recorded miracle is found in John chapter 2. And we read where Jesus went to a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And he was at this wedding, and the Bible says they ran out of wine. And when they ran out of wine, his mother said to, the, said to Jesus, she said, they're out of wine. And he said, woman, what does that have to do with us? In other words, that's not our concern. Let's stay out of their business. But she said, no, they're out of wine. You need to do something. And she turned to the disciples there and she said, whatever he says to you, just do it. You see, Nike wasn't the first one that came up with the slogan, just do it. Mary, the mother of Jesus, told the disciples that day, whatever Jesus says, just do it. Whatever he tells you, don't ask questions, just do it. Whatever he instructs you, follow the instructions, just do it. Don't ask questions, don't try to figure it out, don't try to understand it, just do it. Do it. I, I wish that we would get to the place in our life that when the Holy Spirit speaks to you to do something, you just do it. You don't question God. You don't wonder if it's going to work, if this is the right time, or what will people think if I just do No, just do it. Mary said, whatever, they, whatever he says to you do, just do it. And the Bible says there were six water pots there. Stone water pots that would hold between 20 and 30 gallons each. So Jesus turned to the disciples there and he said, fill them to the brim. Put water in them and fill them to the brim. And so they did. And then he said, get some pitchers and dip some out and take them to the host of the wedding. And they did. And he poured it into a glass or a cup. He tasted it. And then he said, normally people serve the best wine first. And then when everybody has already drunk and they are full, then they bring out the cheap stuff. Look at your neighbor and say cheap stuff. See, y'all understand cheap stuff. I can tell when you said that. Some of y'all know exactly about cheap stuff. But he said, you have saved the best for last. Could I tell you, anything that Jesus touches is the best. Anything that he gets a hold of it's going to be the best, whether it's first or last. Whatever he touches, it is going to be the best. Come on, somebody. And so the Bible says in John chapter 2, verse 11, the miraculous sign at the Cana in Galilee was the first time that Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed him because he turned the water into wine. That was his first miracle. 
But when you look through the Bible, when you look through the Scripture, there are countless miracles throughout the Bible, throughout the Scripture. In the Old Testament, in the New Testament, we have all kinds of miracles. We have what some would call little miracles and what some would call big miracles. We see blinded eyes open and deaf ears open. We see the lame walking. We see demons cast out. We see the dead raised. Come on, somebody. And again, Jesus Christ is the same. Hebrews 13, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So as we look back in the Old Testament, we see the miracles of God. When I think about all the miracles of God, there are too many to count all of them today or to name all of them today. But one miracle that just sticks out in my mind, and I love this story, is when Shammah was going to be invaded by the Philistines, and he had a little pea patch. He had a little field that he was growing beans for his family. And the Philistines came, and the Bible says he stood in the middle of his field, and he defeated the Philistines because it belonged to him. The peas belonged to him. The beans belonged to him. They were given to him as a gift of God, and he had worked for them, and he was going to use those to feed his family and maybe feed some neighbors. And the Bible teaches us that there were over 800 people that he killed that day as they tried to take his pea patch. Now, that's a miracle. Because there are some strong men in this house. There are some weightlifters. There are some muscle-bound folks. There are some that know martial arts. And as strong as they are, we could take four or five other strong men and usually hold that one down. I thought I'd get at least one amen right there. But Shammah stood his ground and defeated over 800 Philistines, 800 of the enemy. It was a miracle. So if he was a miracle working God then, I believe that he is still a miracle God. And if we talk about the miracles in the Bible, there are so many powerful miracles, but I want to tell you one that I believe was the most important miracle that he did. In Mark chapter 16, verse 4, it says, When they looked up, they saw the stone had been rolled away. For it was very large, and entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in long white robes sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed, but he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. And here's the miracle. He is risen. He is not here. The miracle of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most important miracle in the Bible. Of all the miracles that he did and all the miracles that he is doing today, that miracle was the most important miracle that he did because that miracle separated us. That miracle gave us the opportunity to be saved, to accept him. It was because he resurrected himself. They put him in the tomb. The devil thought it was over. He thought he was finished. But on the third day, he got up from the grave. He rose from the dead he raised himself up and the Bible says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken our mortal bodies and one day we will be changed and resurrected with him in the meantime we can accept salvation because of his death his burial and his resurrection were it not for the resurrection the death and burial would have been meaningless but he resurrected himself. He raised himself from the dead. A little bit later in this service, we're going to have a water baptism service. And we're going to baptize some folks. 
And when they are baptized, it is symbolic of the old man dying just like Jesus died and being buried in the water but resurrecting, rising up out of the water just as he rose up out of the grave. That is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. He said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things are brand new. So the most important miracle is the miracle of the resurrection. We believe in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. We believe that Jesus was crucified, buried, and raised from the dead. We believe that. Christians believe that around the world. That is the glue that holds the church together. That is the verse that is common ground for so many of us in the body of Christ. There are different denominations. There are different kinds of theology. But if you believe that Jesus is the resurrection, that is the one thing that cements us together. And then in John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believed on him would not perish but have everlasting life. That verse holds us together. That verse gives us hope. So the resurrection is the most important miracle that ever took place. But there is a greater miracle. That is the miracle of the new birth. That is the miracle whereby we confess our sins and he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The miracle of salvation is the miracle, the greatest miracle that could ever take place. Because without that miracle, we are on our way to hell. Without accepting Jesus into our heart, we can be religious. We can go to churches. We can sing songs. We can be a member of a hundred churches. We can join denominations and religious groups around the world. But without accepting Jesus as our Christ, it is just dead religion. And I hate dead religion. I hate the spirit of religion. But when you accept Jesus into your heart... He is a real God, a real person, and he will abide in your heart. He will live. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Jesus is alive and well. And when he comes into your heart, you become like him. And when he comes into your heart, you have the power. You become a candidate for the gifts to flow through you, for the power of the Holy Spirit to flow through you with the evidence of speaking in tongues. When he lives in your heart, how can you stay sick? How can you stay in poverty? How can you stay depressed? How can you stay in lack? If you have him in your heart because he is everything, is he not? He says, for you have been born again. Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Through the living and enduring word of God. I don't know a lot. But I know that when I invited him into my heart, everything changed. I know that. I may not be the greatest preacher. I may not be the greatest pastor. I may not be the greatest singer. I may not be the greatest theologian, but one thing I am, I'm saved. 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 I may not be what you want me to be, but I'm saved. I may not be what I ought to be, but I'm saved. I may not be the best at anything, but I'm saved. I need to tell somebody today, if you are saved, you you need to make a declaration. You need to make a stand. Quit letting the devil beat you up. Quit letting him put fear on you. Just shout and declare, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I may not be here. 
feel yet, but I'm saved. I may not be anything that I'm supposed to be yet, but I'm saved. I may not be going to the place I need to go, but I'm saved. I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. And if you're saved, if you're saved and you know it, then your face will surely show it, the old song says. Say amen. We need to let folks know we're saved. I get tired of Christians with dill pickle faces. There's lemon juice faces. Old sour attitude. We're supposed to be happy. We're supposed to be joyful. We're supposed to be glad. Right? Be glad. Look at your neighbor and say, be glad. Be happy. Give them a Jesse Duplantis grin. The greatest miracle is the new birth. And here's the good news. A lot of people believe the Bible. They believe that God can, that God did, but they don't believe he will now. I've got scripture for you. God has not changed. God has not changed. Hear himself, hear him himself say in Malachi 3, I am the Lord and I do not change. That ought to just help your theology right there. You need a miracle? Know that he is the God, the Lord, that does not change. Hebrews 13, 80 said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What that means is if he was a healer then, he's a healer now. If he was a miracle worker then, he is a miracle worker now. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can depend on him. God has not changed. But it's unbelief that prevents miracles. It's unbelief that gets in your head. Matthew 13, 58 says, he did, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. In his home country, his home area, he couldn't do miracles because he was familiar to them. Oh, that's just Jesus, the carpenter's son. Oh, what can he do? Oh, I went to school with him. Oh, that's Joseph's son. Oh, that's Mary's son. Oh, I know him. What can he do? How can he help our situation, our circumstances? How can he help? I'll tell you. He is the son of the living God. You need to put unbelief out of your mind get rid of unbelief get rid of fear and I always say I've been saying this for years the best time to get a miracle is when you need one if you need a miracle that's the best time to get one when you need one you raised your hands many of you a few minutes ago and said that you had had a miracle this year how many have had a miracle in the last 90 days let me see your hand how many have had one in the last 30 days raise your hand Anybody had one in the last week? Raise your hand. Hands still up all over this place. Why? Because he is a miracle-working God. And if you need a miracle today, the best time to get your miracle is today. The best time to get a miracle is when you need one. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. 
Let me say it again. Therefore, I say unto you, whatever things, whatever things, whatever needs, whatever challenges, whatever battles, whatever situation, whatever healing, whatever financial need, you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe. Can God do it? But we have to believe. He's telling us how. This is the formula. I've already told you he's a miracle God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I'm the Lord. I do not change. So how do you get a miracle when you need a miracle? If you ask and you will believe that you receive them, you will have them. You will have them. You will have them. If you need a miracle, ask, pray, believe, and you will receive it. You will have them. Whatever you say, you will have it if you can believe. The best time to get a miracle is when you need one. The next miracle could be yours. And here's the good thing. God is no respecter of persons. And you don't have to worry that somebody next to you is going to get a miracle and you'll get left out. God has enough to go around. His miracle power is enough. His miracle power is plenty. His miracle power is great. His miracle power will meet great needs and little needs and anything in between. There is nothing too difficult for him. He can raise people from the dead. He can open blinded eyes. He can open deaf ears. He can turn your situation around. He can get you a job when you don't have a job. He can help you grow a business when your business is not doing what it ought to do. He can heal your marriage when your marriage is falling apart. He can turn your children around and bring them back home when they're struck out on drugs and alcohol. He can turn perversion around and bring somebody back home. Come on, somebody. That is the God that we serve. That is the Jesus that we serve. The next miracle can be yours. Your doubt blocks your miracle, though. Matthew 21, 22, and whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing. So first you've got to pray. You've got to ask during the prayer. And then you've got to just believe. And then you will receive. Some of y'all are football fans. And you watched your team yesterday win or lose. Tennessee won, I think. Seven points. And when the quarterback throws a ball to a receiver, his position, the name of his position, gives you a hint as to what he is supposed to do. As a receiver, when the quarterback throws the ball, He's not supposed to do this. Yet we as Christians, when God wants to give us something, we do this. We push it away with doubt. We push it away with fear. When he's trying to pour blessings on us, and they're all around us. And even in a place like this, on a day like this, when people around us are doing this and receiving you know, we're pushing them away. We're not receiving. So if the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons and somebody next to you is receiving on one side and somebody on the other side is receiving, somebody in front of you is receiving and somebody behind you is receiving, it stands to reason that if you're not receiving, it's because you are not a receiver. You have to be a receiver. And on the football field, the receiver opens his hands up 
waiting for the ball to come to him. He's expecting the ball to come to him. If he's, a, if he's running a pattern and waiting, he's running and waiting for the quarterback to throw it, he's, he's ready. He's anticipating. There may be three receivers going out for the pass or two going out for the pass, but he's believing it's going to come to him. He's going to do his best to get open and get ready and receive. So when the ball comes, he can receive it unto himself. Come on, somebody. We as Christians, we need to declare we are receivers of his blessings. We are receivers of his word. We are receivers of his miracles. We are receivers of all that he has for us. We have received faith. We have received his word. We accept it. We receive it because we are receivers. Somebody needs to make a declaration. I am a receiver. I am saved and I am a receiver. I am a receiver today. I'm a receiver of his good things. I'm a receiver of his miracles. I have received faith. His faith is in my spirit. I have received Jesus. He lives in my heart. And because I am a receiver, because I have received his word, because I have received faith, I receive my miracle. I receive my breakthrough. I receive my turnaround. I receive the healing in my family. I receive my children back. I receive my healing. I receive my turnaround. I receive my next level. I'm a receiver. Somebody shouted, receiver, receiver, receiver. That's me. I am a receiver. It's not as hard as you think. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will. It didn't say you might. It didn't say he's going to pour his blessings out on five but there's 50 so you have a small chance no 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 he said whatever things you ask in prayer believing keep believing you will receive your obedience and your words shape your world now, if you're new to Metro Tab, you may not know that this is one of my favorite scriptures. If you've been around here two weeks or more, you probably know that I love this scripture. And I quote this scripture. And I believe this scripture, along with all the other scriptures from index to maps, I believe them all. But I believe that the Bible teaches in many verses that your life follows your words. Be careful what you say. And this verse says you will make your prayer to him. Look at your neighbor and say you got to pray. Then it says he will hear you and you will pay your vows. You got to do your part. You will also declare a thing. I don't know what things you have been declaring in your life. But this is a law of God. This is a principle of God. You will declare a thing. And when you do that, it will be established for you.
So what are you declaring? What are you speaking? What words are you putting in the atmosphere? When you believe this word and when you read this word and you, you stand on this word and you know what this word says about you and what God will do for you, then you, been, you begin to declare. Your children are lost. Then begin to declare, my babies are saved. My babies are coming home. My babies are going to turn around. My babies are going to find Jesus. Somebody's going to tell them about Jesus. They're going to see Jesus through somebody else, through a friend. Even though they might have made some bad decisions and gone in the wrong direction, my babies will be saved. In the name of Jesus, I make the declaration. I am declaring they will be saved. They will come home. They will be full of the Holy Ghost. They will be a part of the church. They may even get called into ministry. I am declaring a thing over them. You go to the doctor and the doctor tells you, well, you're sick, you're going to die. You will declare a thing and it might be established for you. Pastor Stephen here was 18 years ago diagnosed with cancer. He's sitting on the front row and just recently he got a clean bill of health, a clean report. No cancer, no cancer, no cancer because they've been declaring a thing and it has been established in Jesus' name. Sitting right behind him is Keith Humphreys. A year ago, the doctors tried to tell him, you're gonna die, you see, get your house in order. He came to see me, he said, Pastor, pray for me. And I prayed, and he went to Vanderbilt, and they, they couldn't understand it. They brought him back again. They said, we know there's cancer there, we gotta find it. But they could not find the cancer. They could not find it. It was gone. He's got a clean bill of health. He's healed, he's healed, he's healed, he's healed, because he declared a thing, and it was established for him, because Jesus is a healer. Come on, somebody. Deborah Craig sitting right over here. She stood on the praise team, and she sang today. About a year and a half ago, her sister was legally blind and could not see. She came on a Sunday night, Sunday night fire. She stood on this platform. I said, what do you want God to do? She said, I want to see. I want my eyes open. I want to be able to see again. I want my eyes healed. We prayed for her that Sunday night, and God opened her eyes. She could not see, but she began to see. I would hold up fingers and back up, and she would tell me what she saw. She went back to the doctor the next week. The doctor says, I don't understand it, but you can see good enough to drive again. Go get your driver's license. I will sign off. And her eyes were open. Her blinded eyes were open. She is able to see. She is healed. Declare a thing that it might be established for you. I need to tell you we serve a miracle Jesus and the next miracle can be yours somebody shout hallelujah now I told you I might quote this verse two or three times here it is I want to end with it you are a candidate for a miracle if you believe and if you allow his power and glory to work in your life Ephesians 3:20 says it like this now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power, that's the Holy Ghost power, that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ. Watch this. To all generations that's us that's now that's today that's 2023 yes he did it in 2000 and he did it in 1900 and he did it in 1500 and he did it in 1 BC come on somebody 
but to all generations forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen, amen, amen. The healer is in the house. The miracle worker is in the house. Get up on your feet. Father, we bless you. We praise you. We worship you. We adore you. We recognize your word. In your word, you are a healer. In your word, you are a miracle worker. In your word, nothing is too difficult for you. In your word, we stand on your word and we believe and we know that if we believe, all things are possible if we'll only believe. And we know from Mark 11 that whatever things we say, if we say to the mountain, be moved and be cast into the sea and do not doubt in our heart, but believe those things that we say, we will have them. Your Bible says, your word says in Mark 11. So we stand on that today. And in the name of Jesus. We command the mountains to move in the name of Jesus. We command fear to go. We command depression to go. We, de we command disease to go. We command sickness to go. We command fear and doubt to go, go, go in Jesus' name. We declare healing for our bodies, mind, and soul. We declare miracle breakthrough in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the most important miracle that you did when you were crucified, buried, but then you did not stay in the grave. But on the third day, you rose from the dead. We recognize that that moment in time changed everything. We recognize that that moment in time paved the way for your resurrection power to work in us. And so we confess our sins to you, knowing that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, Father, we thank you for that. We receive your salvation. As a matter of fact, let's just pray that prayer right now. Just everybody say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart fresh today as the Lord of my life. Your power, your resurrection power changes everything. And it has changed me. And from today forward, I will serve you. I will follow you all the days of my life. And I receive salvation. Seal that salvation in my spirit by the power of the Holy Ghost. Keep me living pure. Anoint me to live righteous and pure. If I get off track... Direct me, push me, help me, get up and get back on track and go forward in the name of Jesus. Don't let me fail. Don't let me mess up. My trust is in you. I'm trusting you as the Lord of my life. Now, Father, I thank you for salvation. I thank you for that most important miracle. And we thank you, Lord for the miracle of salvation in each of us. Your resurrection power and our salvation. Those two miracles make it worth it all. And we thank you. We pray for those that are going to be baptized today. For your anointing to fall upon them. For your resurrection power to get on them, to get in them, to work through them. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for each one of them. We thank you for what you're doing. And we praise you, we praise you, we praise you, we praise you, Father.
for the miracle power. Thank you, Lord, for the testimonies we have in this house, in this room. Those that are a part of Metro Tab, we give you thanks. We thank you for the miracle power. We thank you that faith is in this house. We thank you, Lord, for the believers in this place that we join our faith together and believe for miracles, for turnaround, for healing, for deliverance, for financial breakthrough. We thank you. We thank you, Father, for the faith that is here. We thank you, Lord, for the faith in this house. We thank you, Lord, for the faith of the believers and the power of agreement in this place. Does anybody agree? with this word, with what I've told you today from the scriptures.